Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez, in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here is your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking time to be present with us today. Our intention for this podcast is for each and every one of us to get one step closer to the highest version of ourselves each and every day. Today, I have a wonderful guest. His name is David Sandercott. He is the author of the 21-Day Meditation Journey for Connecting with the Spirit Every Day in a New Way. David is a life and business coach, a body worker, mentor, and mindset motivational speaker that has been meditating for over 20 years and has been trained by a spiritual master for over 11. Wow. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being here, David. We have so much to talk about. (laughs) Thank you for having me here, Pepper. I'm thrilled. Of course. Of course. You've been doing many podcasts, so hopefully that will prep you for this one. Mm -hmm. We are basically focusing today on how you kind of the journey, the journey of how you came to Humboldt and what you're doing here for our community because you're doing a lot and you have a lot of offerings, not just for our community, but for the worldwide, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about all of those things. You can start wherever you want. So how I came to Humboldt, Pepper, it's pretty interesting. I, I lived in Los Angeles and I had been there for about 10 years and whew, L.A. is not a city to be in when you're broke and you gained 40 pounds. <laughs> Let me tell you that, okay? <laughs> L.A. was good to me for a long time, but the big city, it was just no longer conducive to my desire to evolve myself to my highest spiritual potential. And I guess as fate would have it, I never knew Humboldt existed. You know, California stopped in San Francisco, like for most people <laughs> that live in Southern California. My uncle bought an incredible, amazing property up here in Maple Creek, a 600-acre ranch in 2007, and so I started to come and visit. And so my perception of Humboldt was everything was this like the 600-acre ranch. <laughs> you know, that turned out not to be the case, but nonetheless, it was like I just wanted to come here. It was like so many people who visit They want to spend more time here, which I did. I did about a six month. I had a business where I could work online. And so I came here for about six months and visited. And I was hooked after that. And I never even saw Arcata. All I knew was Eureka and the ranch. That's all (laughs) I knew. And it was enough for me just to want to, you know, to get out of Los Angeles. So that's what really brought me here to Humboldt. Now, I can't tell you why I came other than it was beautiful and I wanted to get out of the city. When I came, I had, it was after, I had broken my foot in five places. I gained 40 pounds. I lost a business. I broke up with an incredible woman. And 
I moved here, I, I don't know, thinking that I was going to find instant heaven and success. When what actually happened was I moved here. It was hard to find a place to live. I found a place to live. It started raining. It didn't stop for months. I didn't have a car. I was afraid to get on the bus. And I spiraled into a suicidal depression where I couldn't even get off the couch. And that was scary enough to get me on my hands and knees and surrender my life to God, to just pray, to say, okay, I clearly don't know what I'm doing. I'm done seeking materialism and worldly success. What do I do? (laughs) You know, you, you direct me and I will do it. And that led me to, I, well, let me just say I had, I had, disconnected from my meditation practice for almost a year and my teacher because of the broken foot I couldn't sit you know you have to keep your foot elevated and it was like the best I did was lay in a bathtub and sort of that was my meditation but how I led to the depression was it was like I went to sleep and I forgot to keep meditating you know meditating was my thing meditating and fitness were my two life saviors and those things had somehow I'd forgotten about them and so first what happened in January uh, was I opened up an email and then I reconnected with my spiritual teacher and I literally started meditating two hours a day. It was something I've always wanted to do because that was the requirement for becoming a teacher. You know, two hours a day of two years of meditation plus lots of other requirements, but that was the main one. So I started that immediately and it was effortless and enjoyable. And I prayed and surrendered my life to a higher power, and that led me to a massage school. (laughs) I never, ever, ever thought I was going to be a massage therapist. You know, I thought I was going to be a successful actor, businessman, I don't know, real estate investor, never something like, like massage. That turned out to be such an incredibly healing experience, massage school. It was challenging in a lot of ways. And by sitting those two hours a day, I had what people would call a kundalini awakening. And so on top of the healing aspect of being touched every day by by people, by strangers, by people you don't know, which brings up all kinds of emotions, I was having these visions of like six inch white snakes running up and down my back. I was having x-ray vision. I was, it was, had all kinds of like crazy things happening to me. So it was a really intense year of healing and growth, which led me to beginning helping others heal, you know, in the most profound way, certainly that I've ever had a chance to in my life. How's that sound, Pepper? Was did I answer the question there? I'm not sure if I, I know I've trailed I'm just off a so bit. So into your story, it's amazing. I've known you for quite some time. We were kind of chatting about that before we started recording. I had no idea. I had no idea the depth that you've gone through, and I appreciate it. You just being so open and telling us about it. That's kind of how you came to Humboldt. Then you started here, and then now you're working with people on a level of probably deeper work or what kind of work do you think that you're working with people on? 
Well, I think I've always been working with people on an energetic level. I mean, everything is energy. Energy is everything. So regardless if it's been through healing touch or through working with people with, you know, coaching them, teaching them meditation, it's, it's all been working with energy, working with the spiritual master. I mean, that's what he was a Shaktipad master. So I was mastering how to work with energy. And that might look, you know, to to the person who doesn't know what's going on, it might look like I'm giving them a massage. And I think that's just what most of my clients think is that they're getting a massage. But afterwards, they're like, well, I feel high, <laughs> you know, and it's essentially because I'm, well, I'm loving them. I'm, I'm taking yeah. that opportunity just to unconditionally love them. And it's it's coming through the work and, and I'm talented at you know, the work that I do, but ultimately it's the love that I'm sharing with them, the energy that I'm sharing with them. Yeah. Well, I teach those Reiki classes, Reiki one and two, and I do a mastership program and I teach the students that all energy comes through the hand. And that's just an eight talent that we all have. So you probably are doing that without having that title, of course, or, or maybe you do. Yeah, do you I'm have a Reiki, Reiki master. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I live in Arcata. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, heck, then, then yes, you're giving massage and Reiki. So you're doing therapeutic, like deep, like energetic massage is what you're doing. Yeah, I'm trained in reconnective healing well, too. Hell. I'm, tra- yeah, I, I have a okay. few different sort of energy, you know, works. Well, that was in the bio. You've got a lot of little things that you're doing that you don't share with other people. I, I like that about you because it makes it interesting because you're doing so many different things. What yeah. does a normal session look like for you? Obviously, if they're coming in physical, then you're doing body work and Reiki and all these <laughs> other reconnective healing. Reconnective healing, craniosacral work. You know, they're Tell all me what energetic. Reconnective form. healing is. I want to know that. Reconnective is is a uh, is working with. Uh, frequency, light, and energy. And it is supposedly combines, the, the frequency combines all the other healing frequencies in it, such okay. as Reiki or prana healing or all the other ones. And it really just helps people bring back to a state of balance and centeringness. It's, you know, it's an off-hands energy form. And, you know, I don't take too much stake in what people say about things, like what people claim about Reiki, what people claim about reconnective healing. I want to see the results. And out of all the different energy healings I, I have done, reconnective healing seemed to get the best result for the easiest stress on me. It was easiest for me to do in, in a way and to get the most result. And it really yeah. seemed to lead people into, a, into meditation, which is, you know, that's my sort of, um, whether you come to me for a massage or not, I'm going to try and get you to meditate. I'm going to, you know, yeah, I'm going to talk about meditation with and you. And that's the other thing that you do locally is you actually lead meditation groups. Yeah. Right now I have a class just once a month at the Eureka Spiritual Center, but it's it's a great group of people. I've never had 20, 25 people show up before like I have to this. And it's that's wonderful. It is wonderful. It really helps the energy. The more people yeah. coming together for the same purpose increases the energy. And then I teach classes. I have bi-weekly meditation classes. I teach them over the telephone. So some people in Humboldt, they have a, a big resistance to that. People don't like the telephone here. However, it's just like listening to a podcast right now, except we dial into a conference line and there is people from all over and we have a meditation. And, and that is, I mean, group teaching and group 
coaching is by far where my passion lies, you know, in the form of a mastermind where none of the courses I teach are all about me. They're, everybody gets to contribute is, is the point. So I could keep going. Yeah, please do. Please do, because I want to know the other things that you're doing and how okay. you're serving so, people. So I have my bi-weekly coaching course, my, or meditation mastermind, and then on Wednesdays I have a 12-week Discover Your Power, Master Your Mindset and Discover Your Power course that it's not always running. We're finishing up one now, and then there's one starting in the new year. But, but this is using basic you know, success life principles, like writing a goal. (laughs) I mean, it's unbelievable how many people don't write a goal Mm -hmm. and how powerful it is. And I mean, right now, the people in my course are all financially free, retired people. And I'm 40, still working on buying my first house. Nonetheless, they're learning a tremendous amount of, of information that's helping them progress their spiritual practice. Now, it's not always... This course isn't necessarily based around your spiritual practice. It's just what they all want to improve is their spiritual practice. So it's almost like they're learning how to use their professional skill set to deepen their spiritual practice. And I could kind of go on and on about that course, but I'll just say it's the same as my one-on-one coaching. Is It works from a five-point coaching mythology. You know, First, you help people get crystal clear on their goals and their direction. Okay. Second, we create a plan, and then we work that plan. You know, we strategize our actions. Third is you improve yourself. So we pick one area that if you were to improve, it would most effortlessly and quickly move you towards your goal. Ooh, I like that one. (laughs) That's a good one. I mean, I like all of them, but yeah, okay. (laughs) And fourth is optimize your environment. This is one of the more overlooked areas. I mean, look how beautiful your office is. I mean, this is a healing environment to come into, right? If it was dirty and unorganized, it would be harder to do your job and for people to get the result. So we take the physical environment, And we also take the people environment. You know, people can be toxic in our life. That's a popular, you know, social media thing, letting go of toxic people. But really, if you have naysayers in your life, you really do want to get rid of those people. If they're not supportive of your goals, of your business ideas, you know, you need to probably let go of them to some degree. And then the other aspect is your mental environment, which is, I mean, if you're so always important. having, yeah, it's, it's the most important thing, which oh sort Lord. of leads into mastering your mindset, the fifth step. And that's really where 92% of the success is, or, you know, somewhere we like, to, I just like to use that number, but it really is true. And that's where the, the chunk of the work comes in too, having all these different methods of mastering your mindset from auto-suggestion, from high-quality questions versus low-quality questions, reprogramming your subconscious mind, et cetera, et cetera. I love this. I had no idea you were doing that too. Well, I don't think most people know, Pepper. I'm surprised oh that gosh. I actually have as many students and clients as I do. Somehow Holy people cow. find me. Well, I want to take that. <laughs> well, it starts in January. Early, early enrollment starts now. <laughs> I definitely want to take that. Now, this is for local. And what are you doing for people who are maybe not here? Because our podcast does reach outside of the country. And so if someone did want to contact you, you know, we'll get into more of your social media and stuff later in the podcast. 
what kind of things do you offer online then? Well, to be fair, all those are not, I mean, nobody in the current course is local. Oh, so those are online. Uh, yeah. Or they can be. So I'm pretty old school. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah. I do things over a conference line. Okay. I mean, I'm capable of doing it on Zoom and webinar, but what I find, I'm always in a coaching course as well. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm never not. And I get distracted by Zoom and, you know, I find myself, so I, I don't like having a screen. You know, I print the outline, I print the worksheet, everybody has that, they print it out and then we go and we do, do it over a teleconference. Concept. Okay, great. And so that's as of right now, you may be doing different things in the future. We don't know, but mm -hmm. that's as of right now. Can we go back for just a moment? I want to, I want you to elaborate a little bit on what you're thinking as toxic environment and toxic people. Cause you're right. It's a huge buzzword. Um, when I first found out about it, I was like, oh my God, there's a word for those people. Like it was so <laughs> impactful to me. And I think by having known what that is, it changed my whole life. I dumped out like all the people I knew at the time, mm -hmm. my partnership, relationship, like everything just dumped in that moment. Mm -hmm. So can you tell the listeners who may not be so familiar with that term, what that is exactly? Sure. In your own words. Yeah, I'll just share, you know, I had a sales trainer once. His name was John McDermott. And I and I like giving him credit for this because... Like, it, should we say his name? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I think it's okay, isn't okay, it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he's a, a great story. guy, nice guy. Okay, okay. <laughs> and he, he was doing a training, you know, and he, and he just said, okay, I'm going to give you the number one secret to success and happy living. And he built it up, he built it up, and... Everybody thinks like these, these secrets to success are going to be so complicated. And, and he said, pay attention to what feels good in life and do more of that. Mm. Pay attention to what doesn't feel good and stop doing that. <laughs> so you can <laughs> just simply apply that yeah. to the people in your life, the people that uplift you and make you feel oh, good. Lord have mercy. Those are the people you want to be around, people who drain your energy and you feel like you just went to the DMV after hanging out with them. Those are people <laughs> you might want to let go of. <laughs> oh my God, you're hilarious. So, okay, then here's a quick question uh -huh. on that same token. Then what do you do if you're a healer? Because you are going to be, uh, and not saying that people are coming to you that are toxic. Most people don't search out healers when they're on top of the world, when they're floating in clouds, jelly beans, rainbows, happiness, love, shooting out their heart space. I mean, that's not when they're connecting with us. Typically, they're connecting with us when they're kind of in a lower frequency or when they're processing something. How do we know that? How do we know the difference? That's not necessarily a toxic person, but they're processing through something toxic. I know this is getting into kind of transpersonal psychology stuff, but I just wanted to know your hit on that. Yeah. Well, first, it, it takes a person of consciousness to seek out help. Yes. So let's just, if someone's willing to seek out good, help, good call. you know, that's okay. your first, you know, sign that they're, they're willing to get better. Second, I have to say, who is your ideal client? Who are the people you help? You know, I remember when I was going through school, I tried to explain this to one of my colleagues that, you know, get really clear on the person that you want to help. And, and she kind of got angry at me. Like, you can't decide who comes to you. And I was like, well. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> you know, I mean, I certainly am. I'm 100% in agreement with you. Yeah. Yes, you can. So, so I don't find myself attracting very many toxic people. Yeah. And if I do, I, I quickly let them go yes. as clients. I mean, they don't, 
I don't make it so I'm letting them go necessarily. It's right, right, right. But, Referral system, but, you know. However it goes, I don't yeah. I don't attract those people. I don't continue to see those people if I can help it. And I don't see people coming to look for help for the most part that are toxic. I see them as courageous and it takes a lot to seek out help, in my opinion. So. I love that answer. Thank you. That was even better than I expected. I didn't know what I expected, but that's even better. <laughs> but I know that there are a lot of healers that listen to this podcast and a lot of people looking for healing as well. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask that to really hopefully open that up for other people. So what about toxic environments and toxic thought patterns? What do you mean by that? I know, but the listeners, I want you to be able to get it in a way that the listeners can understand it and it's more tangible for them. So think about I was living in Los Angeles. You know, I was in a toxic environment, not because Los Angeles in itself is toxic, but because I was clearly being guided to be in nature more, to be in a more pristine environment to deepen my spiritual practice. And a city like Los Angeles is just not conducive to that. And I should say any big city is really not conducive to a deep spiritual practice. Most people have to, at least for some amount of time, leave that to really connect and deep. And so leaving that was a toxic environment to coming here to Humboldt, which I clearly came here to heal, clearly. And to me, it seems like lots of people come here to heal. Mm -hmm. You know, another example could be a toxic work environment. Maybe you're not appreciated. Your boss is, maybe he's sexist. You know, maybe he, maybe he's, or she, thank you. Or maybe she is sexist. Thank you. Or or maybe they're just jerks and they're not, it's not a supportive environment. My first job when I worked here, well, I was a bar, I won't say the place, but I was a bartender and the owner would. Where? (laughs) tell me after tell me after i want to know i was a bartender too so i just want to know yeah Mm -hmm. and i mean it really was a great job for moving to humboldt county and whatnot and the owner he would sit at the end of the bar and watch you and he would come and literally get up in your ear and yell in your ear like a drill sergeant like you suck what are you doing you know oh this is why you shouldn't have told me on air we'll talk about yeah (laughs) yeah but it could not have been more of a toxic environment you know in general i had to leave bartending i loved bartending i helped people get sober you know But in the end, I can't even really go into bars anymore. The energy is just, you know. It's different. It's, it's different. Yeah. And that's not to say that that's toxic, but. Yeah. Was, was that a good, do you need another example? No, or? I think that's wonderful. I think that you're doing a great job and I appreciate that. I think that we have a good idea of what toxic is. I just wanted the listeners to kind of have a more tangible experience of all of those through our eyes. So now that we know what toxic people are or toxic situations or environment, and we're trying to get past that, we're trying to move through that as conscious human beings, right? Tell me some personal habits or rituals that you have and how you've come to those types of disciplines in your life to create a non-toxic environment or a more positive environment for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to go back to 22 years old. (laughs) You know, I got kicked out of college. I was a drunk. I didn't have any skills. I didn't know where I was going in life. But I knew that girls gave me a lot more attention when I had a six pack. (laughs) And it's really all I knew was how to be an athlete. So Mm -hmm. I got in really great shape again. I, I got sober and I made my life really disciplined around working out. And there is a magazine called Muscle Media and Bill Phillips was the editor of it. And he had... I wish I still had this because I would give it to all my clients, but it was how to build self-confidence. 
and it was like, you know, determine your five top priorities and do these things every day and cross them off with a pen, you know, write them down and make a list and cross them off. And it seems so simple, but that one thing changed the whole direction of my life. So what I call them now is your, is your five, you know, personal common denominators of success. So for me, it's I meditate every day, I journal every day, I exercise every day, I call it learn something new every day, which, you know, it could be reading, listening to a podcast like this, and oh geez, now I'm forgetting my fifth one because right now my fifth one is actually recording my money, which that doesn't <laughs> seem very healing. But oh, it totally. But can it be. is, yes, absolutely. It's something a lot of my clients have a lot of resistance against. But writing down everything I make in a day, everything I spent in a day, and really tallying that up and getting clear on it, yes. so I have a financial projection. Because the number one thing that causes stress in our lives typically is money absolutely. or maybe not having enough money. Mm-hmm. So it's dealing with my money situation instead of being of, of avoidance, just saying, "Oh, I'll make enough." Because I will. It's true. I'll always make enough. But it's when I record it and track it is when I excel or have more than enough. Absolutely. I love that. And so does that fifth priority, that changes every once in a while, but that's what what it is for right now for you. Yeah, it, it can change. Yeah. That, that is accurate. Yeah. How do you feel, and this is just a little side thing before we go to break, you would spoke about subconscious programming and I'm like huge neuro geek. I love doing hypnosis and I love doing subconscious programming with myself. And I think it's huge with people, especially my patients and clients that I see working with affirmations and really like, I shouldn't, I won't say pounding it in, but like getting it as a program, just a constant yeah. loop. Can you talk to that subject at all just for fun? Sure. I mean, again, the first book I ever read was Think and Grow Rich. You know, auto-suggestion is what the term was originally coined, you know, before affirmations, declarations. In my coaching, I call them power programs, Mm -hmm. you know. And it's actually, I didn't really say it, but in my journaling, (laughs) so when I journal every day, I open up my journal and there's a bunch of papers on there that have my goals, you know, my one-month goal, my three-month goal, a year goal, five-year goal, and then pages of affirmations. And so every day I read those when it's in a quiet room, almost like a meditative state, and it's really about the feeling behind them. It's so much more about a feeling and getting into it. And and I do pound them into me. It's, it's a constant repetition yes. of how I want to think, feel, and act in certain situations and in all situations. I also record myself saying oh, these too. things. I do too. And then I listen to them when I maybe go for a run or in the car, or there's, there's a really exceptional amount of power. I actually resisted this for 10 years. It's a new thing that, you know, I, I was sort of forced to do it in a coaching program I in. And so I finally did it. And there is so much power in hearing yourself say it. Absolutely. That throughout the day, you know, I'll read usually my affirmations once or twice and I'll listen to them typically I mean, for a long time. I mean, several times throughout the day, I listened to myself, Sam, and 
I don't know if this is answering your question, but, totally th- but this is how I pound them into my mind. This is yeah. how, I mean, positive input. So what are you hearing yourself say? Is that what you were doing standing outside? Were you listening to yourself? Uh, like, I am amazing. <laughs> I'm going to do great. <laughs> no. So, you know, there's a, you are, you're doing great. I was just wondering if that's what you're out there doing. <laughs> I wasn't. I was doing another thing that's, oh, okay, okay. that is, is be in high energy as much as you can. Be around yeah. things that are high energy. So I was listening to a talk by Dr. David Hawkins. That's what. Oh, that's cool. what I was doing okay. then. So um, that was my next question. Just really quickly. I know I keep saying we're going to go to break, but you're so interesting. I have so many questions for you that just keep popping up. Who are your favorite motivational speakers? Because you're a motivational speaker on mindset, motivation. Yeah, yeah. mindset and motivation. Th- those okay. are the topics that I that I really like. Motivation, we could use inspiration, enthusiasm, all those things. But my biggest influences were still had a spiritual base. They were definitely Napoleon Hill. I don't know if he spoke, you know, Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people was a huge impact on my life. I have also really enjoyed people like John Lavinia. He wrote a book called Integrity is Everything. He was an extremely influential person in my life. He's someone who mentored me for several years. And that, you know, as much as anything, he's been my biggest influence. We both really liked quotes. Like he, he knew all the same quotes that I knew and he'd always say them. So that's another way I'm, I'm kind of bringing things around, yeah. but how I program myself too. like quotes are like the most distilled yes. best wisdom of the person that, that you can have. And so anything you say, I can answer with a quote almost, or if someone tells me why there's, you know, I always interview people why they're successful or like, you know, ask them what's their number one thing they would recommend or what's their number one tip or thing that got them to be successful. So maybe when we come back, we'll ask you for your favorite quote. Yes. No. Okay. That's going to blow your mind. You have a couple minutes before we do that. So it happens to be that time in our podcast where we're going to take a short little break to give a shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much. And I think that you will too. Check out Vibes, Arcata's gorgeous boutique yoga and Pilates studio. Our mission is to provide a space where you can come as you are, where you are. At Vibes, you will be supported, encouraged, challenged, and embraced. Our amazing staff offers a variety of yoga and Pilates classes, including heated and non-heated booty yoga, power vinyasa, prenatal, mat Pilates, bar, and so much more. Our boutique is filled with beautiful, mindful, and sustainable clothing, as well as jewelry and bath and body products. Our vibe is laid back, friendly, and positive, and our goal is to provide an environment that empowers a healthy and mindful community. See you on the mat! Welcome back, everyone! Wow, you are such an amazing guest, David. I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm learning so much more about you. I mean, we've spent a little time together, but I guess we didn't spend time in this capacity where I could find out so many things that you're doing. I promised the listeners that when we came back that you would give us a favorite quote. <laughs> I have so One many, two. Okay. so many favorite quotes, Pepper, but there's, there's two that I've strung together that have really 
I guess they've shaped my being, you know? And it's it's one by Albert Einstein that says, reality is an illusion, although it be a persistent one. And Mahatma Gandhi that says, be the change you wish to see in the world. And those two quotes together seem to me that you can create the reality that you want <laughs> yes. by being the change that you want, by being what you want. So I think just if everybody just took those two quotes and, and really took some time to contemplate them, we could all just <laughs> be the change and and really start changing things on an individual, you know, local level that would affect the whole global community. Absolutely. Absolutely. I fully agree with you. And those are very good quotes. Tell me about, because you may have some little information for us in your book, right? Tell us about that. We haven't even spoke on that at all. But tell me about that. That's so exciting. When I was meditating 20 years ago, it wasn't popular. I didn't even tell people. <laughs> you know, it was kind of almost something that you kept to yourself. And But people would occasionally tell me they're reading a book about meditation. And that was always confusing to me because I, I didn't understand how you could read a book about meditation. And so when I wanted to write a book, I, made, I wanted to make it some interactive where people could actually read it and meditate. So it tells you a little bit about my story and about meditation, but then it also includes a 21-day meditation course that, well, of course, it has a guided meditation. Then it also has some of those other things that I listed that I do every day, like a journaling exercise. It, it has to write down what did you learn today, you know, so ideally you learn something from each topic and you can sort of program it in. So it's just a little course. The meditations are about 15 minutes long. And each day is a different subject. Like I talk about Shaktipat, I talked about Kundalini, Kriya Yoga, non-duality, a, a bunch of different topics, not to go too deep into them, but in case that one person was inspired by this or one person was inspired by that, they could go in deeper. And then the, there was a little extra credit, which always was that, you know, an opportunity to go deeper into that particular subject. I love this idea. Oh, my God. How long did it take you to formulate that whole entire, well, from concept to finish? Yeah. Well, I joined a course <laughs> that was a, write a book in 90 days. So the original goal was three months and it took a year and three months. Wow, that's still very quick, though. It got done. You're not only educating, but then you're also holding someone accountable for that 21 days because it takes, what, 21 days, 28 days, some people say 32 days, to make a habit, but you're at least giving someone something to be doing and, and creating a pattern for them, right? Yeah, and I don't really know what exactly the right days is to form a habit, but I know that if you've never meditated 21 days in a row and you meditate 21 days in a row, <laughs> you're absolutely going to notice a positive shift. This is true. This is true. I love this. I love this so much. So with that being said, of course, that's probably going to be one of your um, nourishing self-care recipe pieces there. But if you were to give a nourishing self-care recipe, because what we're trying to do here is create superhumans, mm -hmm. right? What would be on that list or what would be in that recipe to create a superhuman? Yeah, that's such a great question. First, I guess I have to say that it's to make it 
it's lifestyle choice. Yes. It's like, I think my self care is the most important thing in my life and everything comes secondary to that. Yes. I mean, I schedule my work around my self care. And so yes. you probably do as Abs- well. 100%. 100%. Have, been, have for years. For years. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it just happened. I had to make a conscious decision one day to say, well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. And this isn't the kind of life I want to live. You know, I was bartending. I had a great job, a great gig. I worked three nights a week on the beach. I was making plenty of money in Los Angeles, but I was going to bed at 5 a.m. and killing myself. And so I made a decision that I really wanted to change my life. And I wanted to go to bed early and I wanted to wake up early and I wanted to start my day with meditation. So my recipe is, you know, I start my day with meditation that goes into exercise usually followed by some more meditation. I eventually get into some work. At lunch is when I write in my journal and I say my affirmations. And and I'm always listening to my affirmations in my headphones. And in the evening, well, believe it or not, I probably meditate as well. I like to take hot baths every day and read. So it's like I'm getting both of those things in with my hot baths. I have it written down on my goal sheet every month because even though I'm a body worker and a coach is that I have to constantly force myself to get healing sessions. So I do my best to get three to four rather acupuncture and massage sessions throughout the month. I have to force myself to do it even though I know, but that makes probably the biggest difference is spending money on myself being healthy, taking care of myself. I just I want to really hit home on that part about spending money on yourself because all the other ones are are discipline yeah. and and they really are extremely important but it's the spending money on yourself saying that you're worth this that really seems to um, make a big difference. And why do you think that's so hard for some people? Well, I can't even tell you why it's so hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know i think that it's part of the growth process part of self-confidence part of loving yourself yeah part of trusting in the universe will provide that that there's enough that's it right there i think Mm -hmm. yeah so it's a lot of root chakra stuff that people are working on i feel Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and then the worthy confidence courage so it's solar chakra and root chakra for sure Well, it becomes that time in our podcast where our question and answers are kind of over. We're going to do something a little fun. Do you have a little time to do something a little fun? Absolutely. Okay, super. So what we're going to do is we're going to draw from the Wisdom for Healing Cards deck. And you can draw any way that you'd like. You can hand scan. You can just shuffle and pick whichever one, however you do your tarot. (laughs) Or tarot. Do you say tarot or tarot? I like to ask everyone. I don't think I say the word. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Some people say it one way. Some people say tarot it the other. Tarot cards. That's how I would say it. And while you're doing that, I'm going to hit the singing bowl for your pleasure. Did you find one, David? Yeah, Pepper. Oh my Wonder- gosh, it's so funny. <laughs> it's a, it should be pretty right on. Well, when I was <laughs> when I was thinking of, when you asked me the question about the self care recipe, yeah, one of the things that popped up in my head that I didn't get out was stop complaining. 
<laughs> you know, oh. stop complaining, stop talking bad about yourself, stop talking bad about others, and stop talking bad about your about situations and circumstances. It's not something that we think of a lot, but complaining, I mean, it doesn't help anybody. And what my card is, is release the need to complain. <laughs> so there you have it. Wonderful. Can you read the lesson for the listeners today? Absolutely. So today's lesson... No matter whether you share complaints with others or keep them to yourself, this tendency is a way of looking at a situation without seeing its potential blessings. Your goal to release the need to complain and instead see the positive side of things. That's a heavy card, right? It is a heavy card. How does that resonate with you and your message for today? I could go on and on about the self-care, but how this plays a part, you know, is, is one of the core of my teachings is be kind, be compassionate, and be forgiving to all people in all situations all the time, most importantly to yourself. Because, you know, you notice it said even if you complain silently. And, and I think that is, that's where the real work is, is, is catching yourself silently because we can all sort of program ourselves in a habit not to do it out loud and not to be rude out loud but it's really that inner talk and that self-talk absolutely the inner dialogue that we have is so important to start shifting and changing because what it what we see and what we feel on the inside actually happens on our outside reality yes and it's, it's such a testament to when people are doing so well and they're so happy and they're doing such a positive thing like yourself, you've done all the deep work within yourself. That's why your outside is vibrating with And every bliss. time, <laughs> absolutely, and every time I bring stress or drama into my life or something that is less than ideal, you know, it might take me a minute, but one of the first programs in my mind is, well, my inside creates my outside. So I immediately look, what do I need to change inside? Or it might not always be an answer, but I can always start reprogramming to what I want to experience versus the perceived negative thing that I experienced. I love that. I love that. I think you're amazing, David, even more so than I thought before. Aww. You're awesome. If a listener wants to connect with you in any way, shape, or form, can you give us a couple social media platforms or websites that they can connect with you on? Yeah, sure. You know, I like to make myself pretty available to actually talk to people. And so if anybody's really curious they can go to schedulewithdavid.com and you can actually schedule a 15-minute coffee call with me if you'd like, and I can sort of explain my services to you. You can go to davidzandercott.com. I'm not going to spell my name. I know it's kind of, but, but you can find out more information there We about have it me. on our website too, so they can link over to you. Yes. If you want, if you like daily inspiration and quotes, connect with me on Facebook. I do have Instagram. It took me a long time to get hip to Instagram, but I, <laughs> I would just like to say one thing about Instagram. I think it's my favorite social media site because there's no people on there calling each other stupid. There's no complaining. It's, it's a yeah, really happy, positive. positive place. Yeah. And I have found that any social media sites across the board, if you have any kind of friction there where people are being negative unfollow 
is yeah. my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just on the right hand side, go down, unfollow. You never have to see that person again. I love that about social media. Yeah. So it's like when people like kind of um, we're kind of going off topic for a second, but when people get like upset about like social media and how negative things are, I'm like, my feed is nice yeah like, look at mine nice all the flowers and puppies and sweet people <laughs> like, yeah because good. i've tailored it just like i've tailored my life just like i've tailored everything else and it's exactly hitting home on what you're talking about so Aww. thank you so much david you're welcome pepper thank you for having me i really really enjoyed this well i've really enjoyed you being here and i appreciate you thank you listener so much for tuning in until next time i am your host Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Have a magical, wonderful day, and let's try to make this your very best life ever. This episode has been brought to you by Universal Love.